Welcome to the Dadability Podcast, proudly brought to you by WeFlex, fitness for everybody. This podcast is dedicated to the support and empowerment of all disability dads, to learn from each other by sharing our successes, struggles, and everything in between. This is the second part to a two-part episode with Mav Perry on Better Than Yesterday. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, I suggest you do so. Mav has um, really got some, some amazing things to say. In this second part, we get stuck into the thoughts on happiness and the value of happiness and where you put your weight. Um, Mav also shares his mission statement, which has been a key for him to um, navigate challenges and understand what he stands for. And finally, we unpack the importance of modeling as a parent. Enjoy. We got to the stage where, you know, with two kids with special needs before separation, there was a lot of argument in the house. Yeah. Um, you know, because kids with autism and practice, they tend to, to have a lot of outbursts, right? Yes. We don't have the outbursts here, like at my home, with the three of us. We haven't had them in a very long time. There is the odd exception, of course, right? Of course. You know, like someone is unwell or, you know, I'm not feeling at my best, so perhaps I'm not going to handle the situation as well as I, I could have. Yes. Um, but I'd say that the vast majority of the time, I'd say 98, 99% of the time, every day is a very calm day at home. And that, I think, not just for single parent families, but for, for nuclear families as well. I think that, in my mind, that's as good as it gets. To me, that's what happiness feels like. Like, my kid is coming from school, my eldest is year nine, and he wants to tell me what happened at school. Wow. And that was simply not the case when he was in primary school, right? Okay, yeah. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a huge, huge thing. Or opening up about things that are pretty tough to talk yeah. about. For any, yeah. for any person, especially a teenager, right? Yeah. But to have that um, courage to be vulnerable with his dad, right? Yeah. Um, so that is incredibly rewarding. And quite honestly, for me, that's the hardest bit. I think a lot of families suffer a lot because the fundamentals are not tackled. And I'm not saying, as I said, you know, finance, yes, it's always a worry. Money is always a worry. And, and the physical exertion, yes, I'm a single dad, so I run around a lot. Mm. But I think a lot of the exertion is around the fundamentals around where the family members are emotionally. Um, and, and a lot of the families, and especially dads, are not addressing this. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, you're so right, Mav. You're so right. I mean, I, I, I love what you're saying. I... I hope I think the way you do for most of the time as well, but really what you've articulated um, is so powerful. And I think you've actually described what is probably the number one challenge that, you know, working dads, whether single or, or, or married or in a relationship that actually all are doing. And I think every dad can relate to working, putting their self into their work, you know, because that's something they feel like that they, they can do. Tackling the emotional happiness of the family dynamic at all time is harder. So, um, and it's harder typically for men and dads who aren't comfortable being vulnerable. So you can see how it occurs, but what you've done, which I love, is you've put, you've shifted 
the 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 where what makes happiness what is happiness happiness mm. is not happiness is not for you um i hope you don't mind me paraphrasing but it's not it's not marriage and 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 money and all, all the external kind of what beliefs if you like of what it should look like from the outside external happiness for you is the is the internal relationships that you have with your with your mm. boys and the emotional you know strength and stability and progress and it's it's all the it's all the intrinsic internal things that you're putting your value in um which is which gives you the energy each day to 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 kind of get up and keep doing it and doing your best and it's now just kind of it's now just in a bit of a in motion right it's in motion it just keeps feeding itself as you said it's a calm day and you get each day gets more progress and that kind of gives you the energy to go again and it's kind of it's it's really it's really special mate i think if if we all put that level of focus on the emotional relationships and our happiness there um rather than all the external other things i think we we'd all have a, a growth mindset right that's that's the thing, right? I think you hit the, the nail on the head there. Um, it, it, you know, happiness is not a Facebook post. I was talking <laughs> about maladaptive behaviors. Yeah, I'm really embarrassed about my Facebook post pre 2019 because we had the <laughs> it had the expensive holidays, right? Yeah, it had you know it had all the things that people use to define happiness. They even yeah. call it success. Yeah, yeah, and none of it was actually meaningful. None of it was actually giving purpose in our lives, and none of it was actually helping the kids who, you know, to to yeah. get the the right support and help that they needed. And you know, in terms of you know the the day you know we calm as you say and it's feeding itself, I would go a step further and say it's actually enjoyable. Yeah. Like generally, hand on heart, when when my youngest and my eldest they go to school, by the time I see them again, and this is making me emotional again. Yeah, I've actually, I've actually missed them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm still emotional, but I've actually missed them. You know, I'm like, when are they coming home? You know, what were they up to? And you know, sometimes <laughs> they'll come in, and you know, maybe oh, it was fine. You know, <laughs> there might have been a lot of talking more. Like, they come happy, and you know, they won't. Yeah, they won't say much, or they'll say little, or they'll say a lot. But I miss them. You know, yeah. it's not a case of. Oh my God! You know, here's my five hours, seven hours of, uh, you know, peace. As as you know, you could yeah. quite easily fall in that trap. Yeah. Um, it's like genuinely, I miss the company. Um, I miss the the interaction. I miss seeing the wonderful people that they are becoming, um, and the amazing things that they come up with, and um, and seeing how kind they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's the most meaningful thing. You know. Um, yeah. About two years back, again, as part of this process, I read in a book, can't remember which one, but I've read a few amazing books over the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, it talked about writing your personal mission statement, what you stand for. And, um, and I, I made a few iterations over a few months, um, and I settled on something that works for me. And basically, without reading my mission statement, basically, I defined the three things that are more important to me. And the very first thing is my kids. Yeah. The second more important thing is my work. And the third most important thing is to be a better person than I was yesterday. Yeah, I love that. Right? With my objective being that when I am a distant memory, hopefully a long time in the future, 
that what they remember is, if you like, the essence of a kind, loving, mm-hmm. secure relationship at home, mm-hmm. right? That 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 is what I want to leave them with, so that they can pass it on to whoever they have relationships uh, with. Yeah. But that clarity is what helped me deal with the challenges, right? So when I was dealing with my youngest education, I had to make some big decisions that were very expensive because it wasn't a straightforward process yes. at, at that point in time. So I have sole parental responsibility now. I didn't have it back then. So actually making the, the transfer, um, it was challenging. And money is always an issue, right? Yeah. But by having the clarity that actually the most important thing is the children. Yeah. So every decision I have to make, if it costs money, if it's hard work, if I have to sacrifice something else, the scales are always, is this the very best for the children? If it doesn't affect the children, is this in the, you know, in the interest of my work? If it's not, does this make me a better person than I was yesterday? Yeah. If not, then this is an irrelevant thing to worry about. And I've taken some pretty big decisions on that basis where people wow. thought, wow, why are you doing this? Like, you know, for St. Lucy's, I, I spent a lot of money to make the, the transfer happen. I borrowed a lot of money to make the transfer happen. Yeah. But everyone now says, well, that was totally the right thing. Even the people that questioned it at the time. Right. You know, but I had the clarity that actually this is the most important thing. I need to help him. Once he's getting the right help, I need to help my eldest because he needs help too. And he transferred to another school this year. And, and we've seen a similar great improvement. It's that clarity that actually makes the really hard decisions easy. Obviously, you still have to put the work right. So still totally. about money. I'm not saying that uh, suddenly all the worries going away. But I don't have the confusion around, well, is this the right thing to do? I'm clear. Yeah. You know, if it's a big decision, money or effort or whatever it might be, or sacrificing something, if it's best for the kids, then it's a no-brainer. I agree. That's, it's not. It's not to be discussed. You know, it's well, not that I've got anyone to discuss it with, but it's not something that I'll be uh, debating in my head. Let's call it. That. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Of course. So that that has worked really well. I recommend it actually to all the dads listening come up with a mission statement. It can be a private thing. It can be something you discuss it with your missus or with your partner or with, with a friend yeah. or with your therapist. But come up come up with a mission statement. Uh, be clear on what you stand for and evolve it over time. Write it down. I've written mine down. Um, at some point, I had it in my study as well just to remind myself that this is what I stand for. And I actually used it even at, at work. Um, there was a, an incident of work with, with a new colleague a couple of years back where we didn't see eye to eye. And I went back to mission statement and I said, well, you know, I've got a bit of a disagreement with this gentleman that has just started at work. What do I stand for? Right. And I want to be a better person than I was yesterday. So I put my ego aside. Yes. And even though that person was not being nice to me at all for, for his own reasons, yeah. I made the effort to see his point of view. I could then suddenly see that actually he had just joined, he was feeling insecure, he wanted to prove himself, and what he could see was the other person in the COVID lockdown, there was no personal interaction, he didn't know me, I was confident, I knew my way, I was respected at work, whereas he was very insecure. So I suddenly saw a person that needed help, 
um, and, I, and I put my ego aside and I just made it my mission, if you like, to help him as much as I could. And uh, the turnaround was incredible to the point where they asked us to do a joint talk to the rest <laughs> of the team on conflict sure. resolution, <laughs> you know? Wow. But, you know, because again, I had a choice, right? I could see that that person was becoming passive aggressive uh, in the interactions. Um, and I could actually reflect the emotion with emotion. So yep. you're being passive aggressive. So I'll show you my ego as well, right? And uh, instinctively we do that, right? But having gone through this process, as soon as I caught myself out thinking, well, you know, that's not something that you would think about someone or say about someone. Why are you going down that rabbit hole? Because it doesn't help them and it doesn't help me either becoming toxic or negative. So I just stepped back, thought about it, and literally I called him the next day and I said, look, this is not what I stand for. Your success, literally, is important to me too. I want to see you succeed. And this is how throughout all the co very, very competitive teams I've worked with uh, over the last few years, I make it clear that I will not compete with anyone. Any success that comes my way is a nice side effect. I'm not here to, to win over anyone else. You mm. guys can compete with me. That's fine. I know that puts me at a disadvantage. That's fine. But I want to see every single one of you succeed. And if that benefits me in some way at some point, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. That's my choice. Yeah. And that has worked exceptionally well in a very competitive environment. Um, and again, I want to say with all the dots that put so much like weight on the work, I put importance to my work too yeah it's part of my identity yeah but it doesn't mean that we have to do it in the way where uh, i think we're brought up as males uh, with 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 not enough ability to talk about emotions and being vulnerable yeah um and we're missing out we're making the world a worse place for everyone involved by not being able to be vulnerable and talk about emotions at work um so yeah uh, big big learning oh, um huge huge learning and i think um what i love just listening to you mav is that um you may not even realize it but your 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 mission and your mindset around better than yesterday and and you know and and the vulnerability and putting the kids first you know you said earlier that your your eldest comes home and he's sharing and wants and talks and you know he's mm. he's actually he's he's actually modeling you kind of, you know, exactly. what you're, what you're, what you're able to, to kind of your, your approach as a dad, he's modeling that he's being vulnerable and you've created this environment that exactly. um, is really working for, for your boys and for yourself. And, and they're seeing that. And, and I think that's, you, you talked about, you know, you just want to do that so that they, whatever relationships they have, they, they take that forward. I think it's already, it's already, they're already showing you in their own ways right now. That's really powerful, mate. So it's, um, I yeah, I applaud you for the the growth, the the way you've kind of you know had to you, you know to to be honest, you 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 had a couple of events that forced you to have a strong reflection, but you've done the work, you know, and and I think you not everyone does the work, so you mm, know credit credit to you for <laughs> credit to you for doing it, you know, it makes me think of that one of my favorite expressions, which is so often the answer is hard work and the questions are relevant, you know, nothing is going to come just be, because you can, you know, you, you want it, you, you need to put in the, the, the practice and the work and, and you've done that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's really special, man. 
And I think maybe you're touching on something very powerful there, but I wanted to talk about as well. Um, yeah. the, the, the modeling piece, I agree with you uh, 100%, right? There's two things that I think most parents are missing. And I think definitely most dads especially are missing. I think, first of all, most parents are missing the connection between their childhood and their parenting style. Most parents have got a, let's call it either romanticized or um, an incomplete picture about their childhood. And investing the time to understand and accept that, you know, and if, if you had a great childhood, great, right? Yeah. But, you know, there is a lot of things there that potentially could have been better that have affected your attachment style and your relationships, especially, including the relationships that as a parent you have with your kids, and also affect your, let's call it sad music, right? Um, so when your child is screaming back at you, a lot of, I used to get worked up, right? So if, if, if I had a teenager shouting at me or even yeah. the youngest shouting yeah. at me, suddenly I found myself stressed um, or, or upset. And it took me a while to realize that the reason that I am getting upset, it was because that is my sack music. You know, the, you know, the, from Joe's, right? The sack yeah, yeah. from Joe's. Yeah. It's, it's when my son is screaming at me, what I'm experiencing is the emotional turmoil of me being a child again and having my dad scream at me. So once I made that connection, all I needed to remind myself in the early days was actually, this is upsetting you because it reminds you of when you were a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. And the sack music just went away. Huh. And, and with that, the arguments, right? Because now I know I don't have to respond to emotion with emotion. Yeah. Now I know that when my child is being emotional, I need to make sure that I'm responding on an emotional level. I'm not going to try and give a, a, like 10 logical explanations around why what, they, what they're finding upsetting yeah. um, shouldn't be upsetting. What, what they need you there is to actually provide that emotional space and respond with an emotion. And when they process the emotion, you help them process the emotion, then you start talking about um, you know, the logical bit of the brain. Then you start talking about, okay, what do we do now? Yeah. Right? Um, so most dads, and I highly, highly recommend this, right? Looking in the mirror and saying, well, this yeah. was my childhood. And these were the things that were not good um, in my childhood. Uh, there's a book called Secure Circle, How to, to Raise a Secure Child. Okay. And it talks about how you raise a secure child. But I highly recommend it as a reflection exercise because you can see that, okay, this is what good looks like if you want yeah. to apply it for your kids, but use it as a retrospective and, and reflect on, well, actually, this isn't what my parents did because you yeah. will be able to then match the type of attachment you had with your parents and the emotional vulnerabilities that it creates. Because if you don't process your childhood, your childhood will control the strings yeah. of the present. And that's yeah. what happens, I think, with most dads at this point. That's what was happening for me as well. And, yeah, yeah, and, I agree. Sorry to cut you off. I agree. I think um, hmm. that the conditioning that you have, the, the, the experiences that shape you, you know, They've shaped you regardless of whether you know it or not. And, and I mm. think, you know, I learned um, I had an unsuccessful first marriage and, and, and doing mm. some work then Sounds with a therapist that. actually helped me 
understand myself better and I I didn't even appreciate some of the learned behaviors that I mm. just do automatically that had come from my, the way my parents you know parents had been. so yeah, yeah so 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 I think you know what I'm I totally agree that the more you look in the reflection of yourself do you how well do you know yourself your childhood and what the influence that is having as you as a dad is is massive because if you don't ever join the dots right you never make those reflections those awarenesses or you maybe you've never even had anything that's forced you to have the reflection right that's that's the gap that's the blind spot that you're not seeing as a dad that you might be you know really you know missing out on some of those ways to to shape and 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 parent the way the way you want to to be your best and you might be missing it yeah exactly and you know in my case I, i had to face it right i couldn't yeah, I couldn't of pretend anymore that you know things were right, um, and that brings me into the the modeling side of things. Yeah, um, it's uh, once once you've made that connection and you understand yourself and you build that muscle of being vulnerable at work, at home, you know, with people, you get to that stage where, first of all, you know, I hear sometimes because I'm involved in a number of support groups. Uh, you know, where, where people say, well, he doesn't say sorry. All he does is screaming. And they, they miss what you said earlier about the modeling behavior bit. So if I, if I make a mistake, I want to be as quick as possible of saying sorry, right? Yeah. yeah. It is so important. If you're wondering why they don't say sorry, it's most likely because they don't see it enough. Yeah. yeah. If you're wondering why they react in a way where, they cannot acknowledge that they made a mistake and instead they might get angry, you know, because they feel insecure and, you know, instead of admitting that actually that was an error, um, they'd rather make up a story, you know, a lie or, or shout. Well, it's because we haven't made it okay mm. to mess up, mm. right? Mm. We haven't made it okay to say, well, actually, look, that, you know, here is the new carpet. It's not new anymore. It doesn't look as good, right? But... And you know, obviously it's distressing to see something happen like that, like a new item getting damaged. But if you don't actually make it okay, what you're teaching them is how to have things from you. Yeah. Most people miss the fact that we are teaching our kids the most when I personal opinion, right? When things go wrong. Mm. So when, when they do something that we you know that, that is going according to expectations, yes, there is pride to be had. Yes, there is praise to be given. But at that point, you're seeing the effect of the good work that everyone has been doing. And you're, you're getting the effect of a child that is growing and on a good path. And they have made sensible decisions, right? But to get there, you need to seize all the moments that didn't go to plan. So like when that kitchen has been destroyed because they played that game and they smashed a few things, right? First question, are you okay? Okay. And stay calm and composed and say, wow, you know, and embrace what they were trying to do. Yeah. And tell them what to do next time. Say, guys, I love it. It's creative. Amazing. What were you trying to do? Let me join the mess, right? Let me join the (laughs) chaos. But next time, tell me so I can get the items out in the garden, in the patio. Yeah. So that it's easier for me to clean. Right. Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, I could, you know, you can erupt because you're tired and, and this is an actual thing, right? And then yeah. you can say, oh my God, I have to clean up this mess now. Or you can actually celebrate the creativity that they have, the fact that they want to share the moment with you. Yeah. 
And, you know, and slotting the fact, okay, next time, how about we do it outside and you give me some heads up, right? And that is so powerful. You're right. Incredibly powerful. I, I, I totally agree. You, you, you nailed it when you said that, you know, how we behave when things don't go to plan is the, the most, you know, uh, it's the most watched modeling moment, right? As a, as a, as a dad, it's yes, the, they're looking to it. see, do you care more about the, the furniture and the wall and the floor, or do you care yes, more about me exactly. and how I'm exactly. feeling and where do you put your attention? And that says, uh, it, it, yeah, it, I think it absolutely influences how they, what they learn is okay. And what they learn is, is more important. Right. And you to, to, it's hard to do in the moment, for sure, for many people, yes, but it takes practice. It takes practice. Yeah. And this is where they build their confidence, right? Yeah. This is where they build their confidence and trust themselves. If you have tough, roll your eyes back, tell them, oh, what did you do? You know, have a negative reaction. It's totally the wrong thing. It doesn't matter what has taken place, right? Because, first of all, you cannot change what has taken place, right? Yeah. yeah. And quite honestly, it just shows that for whatever reason, you didn't set up your kids for success. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I never blame my kids. I blame myself for not setting them up for success. Yeah. For me, it's always about, you know, like in the front of my mind, it's always, no, I need to keep it positive always, no matter how tired I am. Yeah. I need to keep it positive and, and, and actually celebrate the fact that we're actually we're connecting. Right. So I had my son, you know, go and buy a second toaster at some point with his first pocket money. Right. We didn't need one. We had one. <laughs> but I celebrated the fact that, you know, he used his card that he took a decision and I just wanted to have a chat around what was so special about the toaster, right? That, that, you know, he thought we should get one. And, you know, at the very end of a long conversation, I said, look, by the way, next time check with me because we, we have one that is also brand new that we never use because we don't actually eat toast, right? So we've got two still <laughs> at this point, right? That's a real example as well. But, you know, it just built his confidence that yeah, yeah. I'm not going to shoot him down. He didn't do anything wrong by making a sensible decision. And this is what I remind, especially the eldest, right? Try and make good decisions. And um, the time that you need to speak to me is when things don't go to plan. Because yeah. there is only one person on this planet that will never judge you, that is always on your side, and that's me. Yeah. And the time you need to speak to me is when things have gone wrong. Yeah, and and you don't know who you need to talk to. I said that's that's the guide. If you don't know who you need to talk to, and things are looking so messed up, that's the time that that's the one time you definitely need to speak to me. Yeah, and we'll figure it out together. It doesn't matter what you did, but we will figure it out together, right? Oh. And, and and it works, you know. That's such good advice, man. That's such good advice. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that for myself, man. I'm gonna say, <laughs> I go and say to my boys uh, after this. I'm gonna give them that exact same advice. It's um no, I love that, mate. Thank you, I love that. Thank um, you. No, listen, I've um yeah, I really appreciate your time, mate. I know we've probably got a lot more we could talk about, and I think we will. Um, I yeah, I get so much out of this, and as I said, ma massive respect, massive respect for you, mate. I, I'm really. Uh, I think what you're doing, you know, the way you've approached the challenges that have been thrown at you over the last four years and, and the headspace that you're in for yourself and your family, I think is, is, is um, first class, mate. So keep it up, eh? Thank you, mate. Just, that's, that's the thought, right? You know, parenting can be really enjoyable. Yeah. Or parenting should be really enjoyable. That's hand on heart. Uh, it can be really, really fulfilling. 
yeah, it can. And, mate, you're, uh, yeah, it, it's such inspiration, mate, to the other dads out there, mate. So, um, yeah, well done again, and thanks for your time. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Take care, mate. Take care. You Cheers, too, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dadability Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review, share with your friends. The more we talk and listen, the better we will be. Until next time, be present, be brave, and be kind.